Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you, and then everyone else will believe you too. And if it looks like you're the only believer around, just keep on believing, don't put yourself down, just believe. Our guest this week grew up in Detroit. In 1968, he joined his family's dealership business as a service advisor. From 78 to 2019, he was CEO chairman of the Suburban Collection, which consisted of 52 dealerships, 36 brands, 3,600 employees, and was the 15th largest automotive retail dealer in America. From 2019 to 2020, he was the U.S. ambassador to Morocco. One of the most giving men I've ever met. His name, David Fisher. And I'm Jack Rasul, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. I'm Jack Rasul, this is Anything is Possible, and we're talking to David Fisher from 2019 to 2020. He was the U.S. ambassador to Morocco. So, Mr. Ambassador, welcome. It's an honor to have you. You know, it's an honor to be with you this morning, and, and thank you for uh, reaching out. And I look forward to our conversation. Can we start by talking about your mom and your dad and your childhood, please? Well, you know, I'm a, a born and raised Detroiter. Big fan of Detroit. As a matter of fact, if, you were, if we were live right now, you'd see me wearing a Detroit Tigers baseball cap. And uh, that's something I've worn for, I don't know, 25 years. Uh, wear it around the world. You'll see pictures of me in Morocco or in France or or in downtown Detroit wearing my Tigers hat. Big fan of the Motor City. What's the biggest thing you learned from Mom, and what's the biggest thing you learned from Dad? I learned patience from my mother, and, and uh, from my father, it was more always about business. It was, what are we doing? Where are we going? What are you thinking about? He, he grew up in the Depression. He, uh, he lost his father when he was eight years old. So he really grew up without a father. And he, he, uh, he prized the role of being a father, uh, but didn't know a lot about it because he had to make it up himself. He didn't have the ability to watch you know, his own dad raised him. So it was always something missing in his life. So business was very important to him. We're talking to David Fisher. David, when did you fall in love with cars? Well, you know, Jack, growing up in Detroit, <clears throat> pardon me, it's a car city. It's a car culture. We knew car people. My father's father had worked at General Motors prior to to his, his passing on of his heart ailment. My father uh, became an automobile dealer, became an Oldsmobile dealer. You remember that brand, don't you? Yes. Uh, wonderful brand, but you can't buy one today. Uh, and so it, there was, it was always about cars in our house. Um, in my growing up, Bill Mitchell, fabulous world world renowned designer lived a few blocks away 
Pete Estes, who was president of General Motors, lived close by. We knew the, 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 the car people. We knew Virgil Exner, who was a, a very famous Chrysler Corporation designer. Um, so my life was, was a, when I was young, it was about cars and uh, Hot Rod Magazine, Motor Tread Magazine. Always enjoyed cars. Your dad, Richard, founded the Suburban Collection in 1948, as you said, with a single Oldsmobile dealership, and his motto was volume with honor. What did he mean by that? Well, we, we, we have given Dad a lot of credit for, for giving us our start. Dad was an Oldsmobile dealer. Um, he started out on, in Birmingham. The first store was on Maple Road, believe it or not, between Woodward and Hunter. We went around the corner down a little bit on Woodward, uh, now where the 555 building is, um, right across from the restaurant Phoenicia. Um, and he had an Oldsmobile dealership there. And then in 1973, we moved that Oldsmobile dealership out to the Troy Motor Mall. <clears throat> and I, I uh, got to buy his Oldsmobile dealership from him in in 1978 and um, so i i give him credit for starting the business uh, which we renamed the suburban collection and it was a great time to be an oldsmobile dealer it had 60 employees and then you and your team over the years built it to over 3600 people how did you and your team do it you know one of the things that, that I worried about, and as a business owner, you're always worried. Um, I think my uh, uh, concern is, are we, are, are we popular? Are we in vogue? Do we have the right products? Uh, there's a wonderful book that I read years ago, uh, Only the Paranoid Survive. So... One of the things I wanted to do was give our employees, as we grew them and trained them, uh, a way to, to, to rise to, to more, more prominence, better job, more money, is that we had to have more opportunity. We wanted to give our customers more opportunity. We wanted to give them a chance to buy a convertible, a chance to buy a minivan, a chance to buy a sports car, a chance to buy a Ford. So we grew our business based really on how, how do we better serve our customers. And we were aggressive in trying to secure franchises that would allow us to do that. Now, when you're in Michigan, you want to sell domestic cars because we're the, the motor capital of, of, of the United States. And GM, Ford, and Chrysler were those wonderful brands that helped us do that. So we, 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 we took every opportunity we could to, to, to grow with those brands. And sometimes we'd, we'd, we'd pick up an import brand, a Subaru, a Nissan, a, a, a Toyota. Um, so we kind of had them all. We're talking to David Fisher. When we come back, we're going to ask him... What was the culture of Suburban Collection and how he propagated that 
throughout the 3,600-person team that he viewed as a second family. And I'm Jack Rasool, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Rasool, and we're with David Fisher. He and his wife, Jennifer, are one of the most philanthropic donors in Michigan, supporting over 80 different charities. David, the culture of Suburban, how did you propagate it throughout the 3,600-person team? Well, you know, you mentioned uh, Jennifer a second ago. and Jennifer brings a whole different set of, uh, of skills and values. You know, she, uh, she has been instrumental in, in helping put our image in place. And she, she just, she has a great feel for the arts. She has a, a warm empathy for what, what goes on in the city. Wonderful ability to work with people. And, and she has been an integral part of that. So, you know, on the, on the philanthropic side, that's really where she shines because she had done that in Kansas City and, and she understood what's what what really how you do it why you do it and and the importance to the people um so i'm growing the business side um and and our people we gave them wonderful opportunities to 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 become successful to help us grow the brand and and for the most part we had very long-standing customer personal employee relationships. Um, Many of our customers would think nothing of just calling our guys directly in a weekend. Hey, I've got this problem. I had this or I had that. How can you help me? And, and, and we had a loyalty to each other that was truly wonderful. If I recall when you were trying to win over Jennifer, who was living in Kansas city, Either when you went there or she came here, you'd always have something special on the pillow for her. It wasn't roses. It wasn't flowers. Do you recall what it was? Well, Jennifer's a big sports fan, and, and she loves baseball cards. She loves sports. When, when, when she would come to town, we would go to sporting events, or we would try to our, our, our first, uh, first real uh, day together was a University of Michigan Notre Dame football game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 everything's different. It's all about what, what do you enjoy doing. And sports are a, a wonderful way to – it's a metaphor for life, I guess. But she really enjoys sports. If you were to look at uh, – we have a little gym in our house that uh, – she has uh, decorated with uh, hockey jerseys and baseball cards, not so many baseball cards, but signed baseballs and uh, a whole variety of uh, athletic endeavors. Customize it to the, to the customer. So, all right, I've always been amazed how auto dealers have huge hearts and a common culture is giving back to their communities, be it the Little League, you know, ch- charity events. 
Why is that? Well, I think many, and it's not just auto dealers. In this case, we're talking about auto dealers. But if you think of businessmen that understand who their customers are, and we want to support those people that help support us. And it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity to get to know each other. We've supported hockey teams, hockey leagues. We still, in our new venture, which is really part of our old venture, and I think uh, uh, Suburban Collection Holdings really is the company we're going forward with is 14 years old. Um, we have some hockey teams in there. We support some, uh, some endeavors, kids' sports that we've been doing for a long time because some of our employees play in these teams, our customers are on these teams, or we're just part of the community. And it's important to support your community. Let's jump to uh, November 21st, 2017. And former President Donald Trump nominates Suburban Collections' David Fisher to be ambassador to Morocco. It took almost two years to get through the process, but what's it like? How do you become an ambassador? Well, it's not unlike everything else in life. You know, my entire working career, I've always tried to, to participate in the community from TV station, public TV, to the United Foundation. I was uh, on the Oakland University board for 16 years. I was chairman, vice chairman twice. You do a whole bunch of philanthropic or civic um, thoughts. Well, I was uh, chairman of the North American International Auto Show. You support political candidates in my case, I tend to support the candidates more than the parties, but we have supported the Republican Party for a number of years. But I support our two Democratic senators in Michigan. Um, and, you know, that, that's where this comes from. When you, you're out in that environment and when they say to you, will you serve, will you do this, if we ask, will you do it, that's how it happens. We have approximately 170 ambassadors around the world. And so you and Jennifer went to Morocco 2019. Tell us about Morocco and its 37 million people. Well, there's, there's, I want to take a half a step back. There's about 170, 180 ambassadors. About 140 of them are, are career State Department and, and 30 to 40 of them are political. Each party, every term, appoints about 30 to 40. I was one of those and honored to be asked, uh, especially when you consider to Morocco, America's oldest ally, actually goes back to the Barbary Coast pirates. Goes back to 1777. And it is still the longest lasting uh, relationship that the United States government has, longer than that relationship with France. So 
it's in writing. It's it's in a, a treaty of friendship and understanding. Um, and to go to a country and be ge- greeted by the monarch on the very first day I was in country. Uh, the, the Secretary of, of State here in the United States would, would, would do that first greeting. Then the President in Morocco, you meet the Foreign Minister and the King. It's truly an honor to serve our country, to, to take forth our, our public policy. And many, many countries would prefer to have a political ambassador than a State Department career. Even the State Department career people are, are wonderful people, but they may not have the relationship with the leadership of the country that your host nation would like. So it's, it's truly an honor to go and work on some of the, the, the wonderful opportunities that we got to work on. Morocco is the gateway to Africa. It has the only free trade agreement of any country in Africa. So the United States and Morocco exchange, they do billions of dollars of trade a year. They're the largest auto producer in Africa. If you think about auto production going from Africa to, the, uh, to, to Europe, that's what we have with Mexico and the United States. Um, Morocco has a free trade agreement with all of the EU, including Britain, and 31 countries in Africa. So it can be a trade powerhouse, and, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to go there. We're talking to David Fisher. He mentioned the Secretary of State, who at the time was Mike Pompeo. When we come back, we're going to ask him what it was like working for Mike Pompeo. And I'm Jack Rasul, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. This is Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Rasula. We're with David Fisher, and from 2019 to 2021, he was our U.S. ambassador to Morocco. And as such, you reported up to Mike Pompeo. What's he like? Mike is a great guy. Um, and the, the nice thing about reporting to Mike Pompeo, because I was a political ambassador, we also reported to the West Wing. So we had a clear opportunity to, to, to work with the national security team, Robert O'Brien, national security advisor, um, the, the, the White House, sometimes a Vice President Pence. So it, it is, it's really why host countries would like to have a, politi- a political ambassador. But, but Mike is, as you know, a, uh, a career Army West Point grad, um, very focused on, on world events, very focused on um, security, and, and, and was a, a great straight shooter. If there was ever a time that we needed to get a hold of Mike or his team, with, within a half an hour, 
we 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 heard back from somebody. He always had senior management available if we needed to talk to someone. That wasn't very often, but when it happened, his team was available, and and that's that's it's really helpful when you're doing things that you need a little bit of guidance or you need some advice on. But they always let us make our own decisions. Um, they 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 helped in any way they could, but Mike's team was well chosen and uh, uh, a, a great set of individuals. We're talking to David Fisher. David, in your role as ambassador, what did you learn about our country, America, during your time as the ambassador of Morocco? Well, I think we all tend to be a little hard on ourselves. And when you get out in the world and you see the good that the United States has done, you see the money that we, we donate. We wiped out cholera in Egypt. The the toilets flush in Cairo because the United States government, through USAID, uh, put in the sewer systems. They they save millions of lives in Africa. They 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 do this all over the world with little fanfare, um, but we're there helping around the world. And it's a story that doesn't doesn't get out as easily. It's not told, um, but we are a great partner with highly trained people around the world. And it made me even more proud to be an American to see what we we accomplished. Speaking of America doing right things and not getting the credit or getting it out there. Tell us about something called the Abraham Peace Accords. Well, if you think of peace in the Middle East and, and you think of the West Bank, Palestine, the difficulties in trying to negotiate a settlement, um, we've, we've, we've basically stumbled over that. We've thought that in order to get peace in the Arab countries, you had to go through the West Bank, you had to go through Palestine. And, and that's, that's a very difficult discussion for many people. Um, what the, the, the Trump administration did was take a different view and, and thought, let's try and find a way through the, the Gulf nations to do that same thing. Let's be creative and try something else. And that's what really happened. That's how the Abraham Accords came about. You know, if you think of the name of it, it Abraham is, is the leader. He, he is the, the, the name of all the different religious groups that, that, that could crowd around and, and use. So when the UAE, Bahrain, um, Sudan, and then Morocco all signed up for the Abraham Accords. Uh, they joined Egypt and Jordan. You, you now have the ability to talk. As the foreign ministers would, would say, and, and my own foreign minister in Morocco, 
we have the ability to talk to Israel. We have the ability now to trade with Israel. We have the ability to have full and, and thorough diplomatic uh, relations. Um, it's, it's wonderful. The foreign minister of the UAE made the comment one day, he said, you know, can you imagine? We tried not talking for 50 years. How'd that work out for us? So these accords have opened up billions of dollars of trade, um, a, a, a far more open and searching relationship. Um, one of the things that you will hear more and more about, you're hearing now because of, of the, the problems in the Ukraine with food and wheat, you will hear a lot about food security. And, and what are we going to do to make food available and affordable? And Morocco holds about 52% of the world's phosphate rock, which, as you know, is used in fertilizer. It's in manufacturing, a number of things. And Morocco is becoming, has been, but becoming even more of a key player now in food security. How do we keep food coming to those that need it that, and, and try to make it affordable. This is the, the timing is really wonderful, and they're coalescing around a common enemy, which is Iran. Iran is threatening all of, of, of North Africa in the Gulf. It's a, it's a scary time in some parts of the world. And this, the Abraham Accords are a, a, a very tangible very tangible proof that people can and will from different cultures talk and work together. We're talking to David Fisher. In 1978, he bought an Oldsmobile dealership from his dad, built the suburban collection over those years, 43 years. And a year ago, August 13th, 2021, you sold an awful lot of it. Why? Well, I, I, I think, you know, everything has its run. And, and this has wonder, been a wonderful business for us. Um, but I'm, I'm not getting any younger. You know, we had a couple of kids that lived in California. Um, and and we, we had a very heavy concentration of real estate in uh, southeastern Michigan. And we decided that maybe at this point, in, in our lives, um, we would we would we would switch the emphasis. Um, we we're still um, a tier one supplier, the businesses that we kept to uh, many of the auto companies, GM, Ford, and Chrysler. We're in the accessory businesses in about fifteen states, um, so we still have a, 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 a it's a different kind of business. It's not so directly retail. But we're still serving the automobile industry, and, and we think this probably works best for us right now. We're talking to David Fisher. When we come back, we're going to talk to him about the second industrial revolution. And I'm Jack Rasula, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR.
Jack Krizula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. And Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. Anything is possible. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. And we're talking to David Fisher. He was one of 30 or 40 political ambassadors under former President Trump. There was another one, local person, John Ricolta Jr., iconic. You've been great friends through the years. I had him on a few months ago, and he talked at length about the second industrial revolution, the electrification of the auto industry. And he made a statement, David, that the big three plus Tesla and Toyota are going to spend $200 billion in electrification auto plants over the next three, four years, 70 such projects. And they're just starting to award them to different states, etc. And Michigan's won a few, but Michigan's lost some as well. How do, what does Michigan have to do to retain its leadership as the auto capital of the world? Well, first of all, John Ricolta and I have been dear friends for, oh my goodness, 40, over 40 years. John and Terry, Jennifer and I uh, have known each other. We've done a lot together. We had dinner together two nights ago. Um, we're going to Israel together on Friday uh, to go speak in Israel about the Abraham Accords um, at a... Um, a conference there. So it's, it's a, it's kind of unique that when you think about the two Abraham Accord countries, the, the, the American ambassadors were friends out of the same city in Detroit, you know, for 40, 45 years. And we've been able to help with this. It's truly an honor. And, and I mean that sincerely to know John and Terry, Jennifer and I, uh, have, have a lot in common with them, really enjoy what we do. And it's, it's something that we will look back on with, with pride. Um, I think when you think what's happening, the auto capital of the world, it's different. A hundred years ago, remember Detroit in the early 1900s was the richest city in the world. Richest city in the world. And you saw what happened to us. So we've been fighting for a, a place in automotive history for a while now. Um, we have great companies. We have unbelievable engineering talent. Um, but the world, there's a lot of value added in the car business. And when you put car plants around the world, you increase the, 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 the level 
of of everything in in that part of that country. So um, a, a supply chain logistics is very important around the world because it bootstraps the population. Um, we're going to spend at least two hundred billion dollars as a in it, as an industry, and think what's going to happen. We're taking along with that's just the start. Think of the retail organization. I think in the United States, there's 18, 19,000 automobile dealerships. Um, we're going to go from servicing gasoline or diesel-powered vehicles to electric vehicles. That's going to change the nature and character of the technicians, the facilities. There's so much coming with this change. We hope the electrical grid is, is up to the task. Um, there's this this is the very start of a whole new version of the industry because autonomous driving will then become more you know it autonomous vehicles are all basically figured on battery powered cars so you will then see smart roads this is the beginning of of an incredible transition in transportation in the world as long as i've known you Everything you do is first class. I mean, one, I'm jealous of your hair. Your hair is unbelievable. But seriously, first class, you dream big, you think big. What do you say to a listener, a person tonight who says, I don't dream big, David, because I'm afraid to fail? You know, in Morocco, there's a culture that says if you fail, you've been a failure. The wonderful thing about the United States, the, the, the optimism that we have, I've failed in a number of things in my life, but it's not the end of the world. You, you, you know, failure just means you tried something. And, and, and quite frankly, you know, failure is, is good for you. It teaches you a little humility. It teaches you uh, sometimes a lot of humility. But you get up and keep trying, and you try never to bet the farm. Um, so if you fail, it's over. If you think of Henry Ford, had he stopped after his first failure, there wouldn't have been a Ford Motor Company. I think he failed in three businesses before he, he kind of got the assembly line, assembly line right and was able to, to really perfect his early production, and, and of course we all know that he's a it's a the, the company's a worldwide icon, a worldwide icon now. So failure failure isn't isn't the problem; it's a lesson, and we have to learn from it. We're talking to David Fisher, a true humble servant leader. Zig Ziglar was the greatest motivational speaker in our lifetime, and one of his most famous quotes was, "You can have everything in life you want." if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And Mr. Fisher, you live that every day. Is that still true today? Oh, I think it's more true than ever. I think helping, helping your fellow man, helping people do uh, what they want to do is an honor. It's a privilege. It's a requirement. It's, it's really fun to see people succeed. I... Jennifer and I will, will, will applaud people that 
that we see do something wonderful. Um, you wish them that success. And, and I, those that are jealous of other people's success, I, for whatever reason, that it just doesn't work for us. I, I, I applaud people that are successful and that can, can move forward and do something really special, be it, uh, you know, in business, in life, in sports, um, you know, and, and, and as you know, I'm not much of a sportsman. I, uh, you know, I, I can't hit a golf ball very well, and I certainly, uh, you're not going to see me out water skiing. But it's, it's fun to see people succeed. And I, I, I think of all the things you see in life, you love to watch people go forward and, and do, you know, look at the businesses that are being formed. You know, we, we've got people that, that have technology to make hamburgers out of, out of plants, uh, plant material. I, I am truly, it is, it is wonderful to see what's in our future. David Fisher, I applaud you for all you've done for our community, America. You got a huge heart. You and Jennifer got a great future. Keep up the great, great work. I hope you have a great day. Please join us next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Rasula. Thanks for listening, and make it a great week, because with God, anything is possible. Spall. Believe.